When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Ready for some podcasts? We're a couple of white people in the suburbs, and we're gonna complain about our lives while you fold laundry. Hey, I'm Pat Oswalt. Oh my goodness, you sure are. Yes, I'm Meredith Salinger. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Did You Get My Text? Did you? I did. I got a bunch of texts from you. Okay, let's talk about them. All right. Well, did you get the text that I sent up from? I sent you a tweet. From Ashley Reese. You sent me, you texted me a tweet that well, you saw. Well, I texted you a tweet that I saw from Ashley Reese. She is at Offbeat Orbit. It's such a simple little thing, and it's what I've been dealing with uh, this past week or so. She just writes, bring back the 90-minute movie, man. I'm tired. Yeah. A Ugh. lot. There, she, I, you did send Guys. me that, and then I looked on Twitter, and then I saw there was a lot of, like, um, what's it called? Clap back? Or what, what's the thing when people, like, are mean back? They were mean to her? Well, there were a billion people who were like, yeah, seriously, these two and a half hour movies are ridiculous. And then there were people who were like, yeah, but you know, you're going to cut what Martin Scorsese's movie was two hours. You're going to cut that vision. And then other people were like, um, yeah, but that's Martin Scorsese. We're talking about every movie now is like 87 hours long. Yeah. And, and also the film Twitter can be very, very vicious. That, That, that's a, that's a, Subcategory. Film Twitter. It's film Twitter, and they're Listen, such nerds. Yes, and they're but every just, every profession and or yeah. hobby has its own yeah, they do. nerd mafia. Oh in, yeah, they in, do. In whatever they like. But they're especially they get so angry that you would nerd mafia. I just made that up. No, nerd mafia is old, baby. Is it? Oh yeah. Oh, I just thought of it Very on my old. own self by my own self. Well, hey, great minds. Thanks. Um, I mean, I'm I'm I wouldn't oh, I would never besmirch the great name of Scorsese. However, if you watch Mean Streets and uh, Taxi Driver, those are lean, lean, lean movies that you uh, think about and discuss yeah. over and over again. Um, and then that long then one the that he Irishman, just made. And then Irishman, which long. I'm just like, there's no way you could have. I mean, I think the sweet spot for Scorsese, if you're looking at the arc of his career, is Goodfellas, which Greatest. is long, but it feels like it's 10 minutes long. It's it so is good. so propulsive. You can't believe it's over when it's over. And then you go, how long was, have I been here for two and a half hours? Like that felt like it was 10 minutes. Yeah. There's, it's so good. It's so good. It never lets up. No, man. It never lets it up. It never lets up. Anyway, so that, that but that idea, especially because we're in the part of the year, this is Oscar craving season when all the long movies come out. Like love so me, love me. starting to get the screeners and I'm, uh, I, you know, I've, I've been watching. You've been um, watching? I've been watching. I've been recovering from some minor surgery. Yeah, let's just for, we'll come back to the movie uh, yeah, thing in one second. But just one that. second. Mm-hmm. No, I want to come. I want to talk about the surgery for a second. All right, go ahead. You had minor surgery, and sadly, it made you miss Thanksgiving. Oh my God! It made you miss um, other things. What I missed did? a lot of cool stuff. Oh yeah, you missed the, the day after Thanksgiving at our friend's yes. house, who invited us to their house which, by the beach, which was super uh, cool. I missed Thanksgiving at your friend's house, where your friend Everett lives in. Basically, she lives in an enchanted cottage. There's no other way to describe her <laughs> yeah, house. it's magical. And it also looks like it's one of those places where when you look at it from the outside, you, you think a family can't live in this. It's too tiny. And like a TARDIS, it seems to be bigger on the inside a than TARDIS it is on the- A TARDIS or a tortoise? TARDIS. The What's a TARDIS? Time and Relative Dimensions oh, in Space I, from Doctor Who. Oh, sorry. I was going nature. You were oh going nerd. God. Nerd versus nature. Yeah, nerd versus- oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, And yes. she puts- 
fairy lights everywhere and the Peonies way she decorates it and- is ridiculous. It's so gorgeous. It is a magical wonderland. Hot, there are high-end restaurants who who pay who slap down stacks of money to designers to achieve the effect that she does. There are villas with, in Italy. Yeah, with what she just has around the house because that's what it is. It's so personal and homey. She's using her stuff and it makes it all a well, complete she has a, feeling. She, it is a tiny house and she's got little like, but it, she made it so romantic it's and cozy. It's so peaceful. I know, you missed it and it's it was great. so peaceful. And it was delicious and you didn't make it. And so she said, would you like to bring home some Thanksgiving dinner for your husband? Yeah. And I was like, sure. And then I brought it home and then you loved it. And then you wrote her a very sweet text oh, message I mean, telling was, her how much you loved it. I just was looking at the pictures that you put on Instagram and she put on Instagram. And there were all these things that I wasn't able to get to go do and you know, all the stuff that I missed. And it was just like, there were a lot and it of, reminded me, oh, she's amazing. Well, yeah. There's a lot of very um, fancy, wealthy people around in the world who think, who try, I guess, who do make a nice Thanksgiving. But then... You look at the pictures of the people's faces at Thanksgiving at some of these places, and they're not all full of joy all the time. But because my mom was at Thanksgiving, and if you look at my Instagram, laughing like a loon, she's laughing so hard. A loon. Well, not a loon. No, like joy, absolute joy. Just no. Complete joy, complete happiness, pure love, hugs everywhere. Everyone was actually having the best time. It was so sweet. There's an amazing post dinner photo of her husband, Kobe. And he looks like he's been defeated by the dinner. He is so just Full. turkey happy and just. <laughs> he made he made the best turkey. Oh he he um, barbecues his turkey. He does. Yeah, it's a little smoky. No kidding. But it's quite delicious. Oh, I bet that's great. Not the way my mom makes it, but his own way, and delicious in his own right. My mom brought the stuffing and the pumpkin pie, which I was supposed to make with her. But, oh, man, the pandemic is still around, guys. I was at an event, yeah. and somebody from somehow gave someone at the party COVID, and I was notified. And so the day I was supposed to make pumpkin pie with my mom, I went and got mm-hmm. tested, so I couldn't make it. But I'm fine. Everybody's fine. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to what were we talking about, the long movie. Well, just the idea of can't you pack – and I go, I go back to this. I, I, there's a movie that we've talked about on this podcast called coherence it's under 90 minutes long oh it's great and it is packed with more genuinely arguable ideas about reality and space and yeah we've time. talked about it and then i saw that the same week that i saw tenant which is almost three hours long is that a recent movie yeah that was christopher nolan's new one. Oh, because everybody there was there was a thing like um on twitter somebody said something like uh name the movie that you were confused by, and everybody's writing Tenet. Tenet. And then I wrote uh, Dream a Little Dream because that was a, <laughs> a movie I did when I was 17, and I swear to God, I it's so confusing, I don't yeah. even know what it's about. I was in the fucking thing, and I can't explain it to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a confusing movie. But Tenet is truly confusing only because it's, it's, it's one of those – it's a well-meaning science fiction mistake where there is advanced technology that everyone is fighting over, but if you really think for a second about the advanced technology – it's not that helpful or useful, and why would you want to use that technology? What it is seems it? like it's a weird time reversal is this a thing. Spoiler alert thing. Not really, because okay. it doesn't. Because the movie doesn't make any sense to me, so I'm not spoiling anything. Okay, so it's a time reversal thing. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of, and and I had the same look. I love the writer Ted Chiang, but he wrote a um, uh, a short story that they adapted into that movie, Arrival, with Amy Adams and about the aliens that come down and they learn their language and then oh, they, they want to give the, the aliens want to give us a gift. And what it turns out is the, the aliens live outside of time. Uh-huh. They don't live in a linear fashion. They can see all points in time okay. and they want to give us that ability. Uh-huh. But in my mind, I'm like, wouldn't that kind of destroy the human race? If you knew what everyone's predestination is it, like well, part of, but the narrative that we live is that we don't know what's about to happen, and that's kind of fun. Well, that's, yeah, what sort of guides your work ethic. It would drive us crazy. And, and then also, by the way, in the movie, Amy Adams' character— So would, did that movie not make sense? No, it it actually—the movie is very beautiful in terms of how an alien culture— how two alien cultures start to talk to each other and how wait, that can wait, go wrong. Wait, are you counting us as one their alien culture? Are we the alien culture to yeah, them? Yeah, basically or? in this movie, we are the um, Native Americans on the shore as— the pilgrims are coming in on the boats. That's what the alien ships are. 
That's the metaphor, basically. Uh-oh. Worry for us. Well, that's what Stephen Hawking said. And when everyone that wants aliens to visit us, he's like, um, anytime an advanced civilization meets a not as advanced civilization, doesn't turn out too good for the not as advanced civilization. Yeah. And uh, and aliens that are able to travel the distances to get here are by default are, are more advanced than us. Right. So, so if they came and visited us, it wouldn't end up very very nice. Unless unless the advanced civilization is actually also emotionally advanced. That would be and nice. I, I just, in the movie, at the end of the movie, Amy Adams' character decides to marry Jeremy Renner's character. But but what happens is then they have a child and then the child is going to die in the future and she knows that's going to happen, oh. but she's still going to marry him and have the child because I just want the time with that child. And, and you're just like, that would just seem like that would eventually create such a grim existence for everyone. Yeah, I suppose. Or would we value what little? Well, we already, or, it's that scenario. It's the any day now scenario. It could happen at any moment to anyone at any time. It's the plane crash scenario. It's the get in the car. I mean, everyone knows that life is tenuous. But I think we have some ways, some illusions around it so that we can at least enjoy the denial. moment. It's called denial. Denial. But now it's with this new, what is it called? The Omicron variant? I love oh, that yeah, they're bringing. Oh, yeah, what's that? It's a new uh, a new Delta variant, but not co- no. The, the Delta variant was the name of the new variant. They're I naming know. it different. So I Omicron, mean, it's another virus, is what I'm trying to it's say. It's another COVID, and it comes out of Africa. And uh, this one apparently moves really fast. And uh, every every single new one is going to move faster and strong, faster and stronger than the one before it. Because because people will not fucking will just not, stop spreading the goddamn thing, and they won't stop it. Fucking get. Vaccinated, get vaccinated, stay they, home for a week, and this shit is over, people. And Ugh. they help it get stronger. Anyway. The reason I mean, we have these new variants is because the anti-vaxxers are helping it get stronger I mean, every single it's day. it's unbelievable that dumbness. Is dumbness a word? Meredith, I'm just asking questions. We're just asking questions. We're not going down this path. No, I, I cannot know, take I it. It's the worst. It's the fuck. That, that should be... On the that should be on the headstone of America when America falls. Just the the phrase. I'm just asking questions. Um, Patton, I sent you a text. Oh, I mean, are you done talking about the one you were talking? Yes, about? Yes, I'm done. Oh, good. Because <laughs> that one sucks. Grim. That was grim. Um, I sent you a text of a picture of Alice in her little basketball uniform. Oh yes. Oh hell yes. I got so that. So Alice is 12 and mm-hmm. she has never been on a team before and she really wants to be on a team. And so she came home one day and she's like, I want to be on the basketball team. I'm like, have you ever played basketball? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Like, what? Um, so she's now on a team and she has re- rehearsal. I, it's so funny. Practice. Here's the thing. What? When you're an actor, yeah, it's like, you know, you watch a football game and you're like, is it intermission? Um, or like, oh, look can at that I go costume. Buy, can I go buy some $20 M&Ms in you're the like, lobby? Oh, I like the gray and silver on the Raiders costume. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she is now, uh, they have practice after school, but yep. then she is going to have starting tournaments? Games. Games. Right. She's having basketball games. Meanwhile, yeah. by the way, people, I'm a huge basketball fan. I love Duke basketball. I, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a basketball fan, so I'm not trying to be like stupid, like, ooh, is right, it a costume? Right. I'm just saying sometimes that happens. But so there was a letter from her school that said there are so many players, some kids will have to sit out on different games, but if it's a home game, you have to be there no matter what. If it's an away game and you have to sit out, you don't have to come to the away game. Right. So there's only one away game that she's going to be sitting out, which is fine. But the home games where she's sitting out, but I really want to watch her play. Me too. So they oh my will. God. I was going to talk about this too. Go ahead. I think I know what you're going to talk about. Well, I was going to say, well, because of coronavirus, they will they will allow two parents right. or two people to come to two people per kid. Who, right. Um, and so of course we'll go. And we'll be masked. Yeah, we're going to come in Bugs yes. Bunny and Mickey Mouse masks. <laughs> um, and we're going to wear the mask from the end of uh, Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> And those big robes. <laughs> and we'll just sit there silently. Freak and then out the kids. we're going to have a little app on our phone that plays that weird piano note. <laughs> ding, ding. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, come in those costumes. I actually, I told you about the time that my sister had a princess birthday party for her four year old. Uh-huh. And they hired a Cinderella right. to come dressed up as Cinderella. But my four-year-old niece was like, Auntie Mayor, will you, will you dress? Because all the kids were going to come oh. dressed as princesses. Oh, no. Auntie Mayor, will you come dressed up? And I had been Snow White for Halloween, and I had this amazing Snow White costume. And you look exactly like Snow White. Right. You well, look like the artwork has been made 3D. Right. I'm like the the real, yes. the live action Snow yeah, White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, actually on that Halloween, kids in the neighborhood would be like, Mommy, look, it's Snow White. Like they were so excited, <laughs> which I love. Anyway, I went to her birthday party dressed as Snow White and all the other, I think I told you this, and everybody's in khaki pants and like sweaters and they all look so nice and preppy and cute. And I'm like in a Snow White costume, full blown. And the Cinderella comes up to me. She goes, what? Ne-? She's like, what company do you work for? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm just the auntie. And, you know, the outcast auntie who, like, is there, like, being fun with the kids and all the adults are drinking wine. And then in time-honored Disney tradition, you guys tied your wrists together and then took out switchblades and had a battle. (laughs) We did. Yeah. Little little princess battle. Yeah. I stabbed Ariel. (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) Damn. What were we talking? Oh, basketball. The basketball So here's the thing. Um, We, are we going to go? Like, should we go to the well, games where she's sitting out? I don't think we should. If she's sitting, I don't think we need to. We, the we first don't need to game, take up I, space. I, I looked at the spe- I looked at the schedule. We don't need to take up space. Well, in a I COVID at the environment. The first game she is playing. Right. We'll go to the one she plays. But okay, here's my question though. What? Because there's a whole other thing that's going on here that we haven't talked about. What? No, Alice has never played on a team. She played soccer, but that doesn't count because she was four and she ran around and you know chased butterflies and didn't care. Um. She plays tennis, and Meredith went to watch her play a tennis match, and so did I a few weeks ago. And she does not like being cheered on. She gets very, oh, very God. upset about that. Wait. I, I, I was just watching her. I gave her a little bit of encouragement. She's like, no, stop it. Wait, let's and take a then, break, and we'll come back to oh, this. We'll come story. back and talk to this? Okay, I'll be right um, back. We'll be right back. We're back. <laughs> you just sounded like a horrible frog. <laughs> we're back. We're back. Um, hey, wait. Shh. What? Back. Oh, we're back. Okay, now you can start. Okay. Anyway, we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about Alice's basketball game. Yeah. And whether we will be sitting there when she is not playing. And my answer to that question is no, we will not be there when she's not playing. When she's playing, we will be there. But you were just saying she hates when she plays tennis when we're watching. In fact. Yeah. She gets wound up. Yeah. So she, you were watching her and what happened? I was watching her. First, I gave her a little bit of encouragement for a couple shots that she did. And then she said, Daddy, stop. So I stopped, but I kept watching. And then she gave me this look like, go away. Like she didn't want to, because it makes her self-conscious. So I had to go to the very top of this hill at were you watching was, her from the top of the hill? I was watching her from behind a, a tree. With a rifle? <laughs> I was literally behind a tree. I looked like uh, I looked like a friggin' child molester. I was so eerie. And even then, she she was looking up, and she could, like, spot me behind the tree. So I had to be like, I just want to watch you play tennis. And then it came to a head a few weeks later with you. Yeah, and then a few weeks later, I was watching her play tennis, and I like to take pictures of her because she's so flipping cute. I can't take it. Yes. Um, and she's wearing like a little Malibu t-shirt, which is like my hometown. I got to capture that shit. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm taking some pictures. She's so cute. And then I'm taking some video. First of all, she was hit, She was doing great. She was really like super hitting hard. Rallying. And it, was, and, yeah. it was amazing. And then as soon as I start videoing her, like she falls, she trips. Right. She can't hit the ball. She's like, mom, stop it. And then she came up to me, like, to get a glass of water, a bottle of, you know, a sip of water. And she's like, Mom, stop it. And I was like, I'm just, she goes, I don't, don't do that. I said, and then I, and then I was cheering for her. I was like, woo, good shot, woo. And then she'd, like, do a, a serve. And I'm like, amazing. And then she'd miss. I'm like, oh. Now, the other two parents were also being like, yeah, good yeah, shot. Oh, yelling. man. But, like, whenever their kids would mess up, they'd be like, oh, man. Just like I was. And the kids would go, eh. Yeah, not a big deal. Alice lost her marbles. Yeah. And she's like, I said, she goes, I don't want you saying anything. I don't want you looking at me. I don't want you nothing. And I'm like, but the other parents are looking at you and saying the exact same thing. It's fine if they do it. It's not okay if you do it. I was like, and then I was all sad about that because I was like, I'm here to support you, kid. But then I was thinking back when I was a little girl and I remember... Any movie I did when I was little, if my mom was off camera, mm-hmm. I'd be like, mom, you can't be here. I can't look at you. Yeah. You can't be watching me because the minute I see you, I start to think of me as a person and not me as the character. And maybe Alice was like, you looking at me is like you being my mom. I just want to be a tennis player right now. Yeah. 
I get it. Yeah. It was, it was, oh my God, she was doing, oh, it's come full circle for you. You were the little kid going you down my sight lines. You just sounded like Tom Papa. It's coming oh, full circle for you. It's come full circle for you. You were the one going, get out of my sight lines. And now someone has told you, get out of my sight lines. Yeah, man, that's what happened. Circle of life. But so, one of the bad things, the annoying things, she was taking these tennis lessons. Right. And um, every lesson was like in a different part of the city. It was like one in Santa Monica, one's I in know. Venice, what one's in that? Bel Air, one's in forever, wherever, whoever. Yeah. One was in Arkansas. Yeah, one was reason. in Arkansas. And um, and I don't know, this place that she was taking these lessons from is so unorganized. And literally, like, I'd get to the place where the lesson is, and then I would get a text as I'm, like, getting all my <laughs> chairs and water bottles out of the car. I would get, oh, we're, we're not playing here today. We're playing all the way on the other side of town. Oh. And I was like, dude, I'm already here. What is happening? Yeah. And then the other day it happened, too. We were there. We were waiting. We're like bouncing a tennis ball we found. And then someone's like, oh, your game's canceled. And I was like, what? So then Alice and I are complaining about it on the way home. Like, if you're going to cancel something, let us know in advance. And then yesterday, Alice had a play date at her friend's house while they were working on a project together. Mm -hmm. And it was like the mom was like, pick her up in three hours. I was like, great. If anything changes, let me know. Yeah. So I get I'm driving, I'm like a minute away from the house to pick her up. Mm-hmm. And I get a text. Mom, I want to stay like another 45 minutes. Um, just don't come yet. I'm like, Alice, I'm literally pulling up outside. If you want to tell me something, you need to tell me before I leave my yeah, house. Let- is, we don't magic, we're not teleportation people. <laughs> we don't magically just show up outside. We have to drive in Los Angeles traffic. It ain't no fun, kid. Right. Well, the thing is, Alice, we'll, we'll probably talk to her before we go to her basketball game. But I'll Say, you better win, you little brat. She, she wants to watch that uh, movie, King Richard. Oh, yeah. Will Smith. Uh, About the Serena, father and of Serena and Venus. It looks so good. It does, but at least we can watch it. And he was apparently a, a just a, you know. An amazing. Tot- but very driven and maybe a little abusive. No, no. I, I heard think- he was Honey, pretty brutal. He's, no, this is not Michael Jackson's father we're talking about. Oh, okay. This is, I think he's wonderful. At least that's what it looks like from the thing. Well, all I can say is that- We haven't seen it yet, so we don't know. We can watch it with her and go, see, it could be way worse. But honey, what if he's magical and wonderful? No, what I'm I'm saying is us in the stands, we could be like him cheering all the time and yelling. We won't be doing that. Oh, like, hit it harder. Get it over the net. Yeah, because we're not her coach. Exactly. Yeah. So, Have you ever been on a team? A couple times I played some soccer. I played uh, some baseball and that was it. I played, I was the only girl on my soccer team when mm. I was little. I was yeah. like, I don't know what, I was the only girl. And then uh, I was on like dance troupe team, like cheerleading type. Oh not my cheerleading, God. I was, not cheerleading, but I didn't like, know that if, if that's a sport, yes, then I've been well, so many dance oh, troops. Oh, you just insulted non-stop. a lot of cheerleading gymnast dancers. Non-stop. Oh my God. I was, I was, I was in Sparkle Corps. I was in- No, shut um, up. I was in uh, the Cheetah Three. I was sorry. Why didn't you stop me and look at me? Did you just say shut up to me? <laughs> Get back in your cage. It's weird. Alice, when she was little, she played sports but didn't play sports. She wanted to go play soccer and just run around like a goofball. Well, that's what she wanted kids to do. play t-ball and run around. And then she kind of like lost interest in sports, did like rock climbing and swimming and stuff. And then now she's become sporty girl again. She has tennis and, in and fact, basketball. She was at. Uh, she was invited to a birthday party recently to play paintball. Oh, that's right. And uh, and we're getting ready to. And I'm taking. And meanwhile, it's like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So far, dusty, hot, and uh, yeah. she's wearing shorts and a t-shirt. I'm like, Alice, don't you need to like have protective gear on, like jeans and like a long sleeved shirt? Right. No, no, no. They give you a suit when you get there. I'm like, are you sure? Yes. So of course we get there. Do they give them a suit? No. <laughs> And all the kids are ready to play paintball, and I'm, like, digging through my trunk trying to find stuff for her. Oh, no. What did I give her? A beautiful, brand-new white sweatshirt. No. Yep, because I'm a good mom. But then did it create a cool fashion design on it from no, the No, it was spotters? all, like, it was all, like, ucky, yellowish, orange, mm. like, light. It wasn't even, like, amazing blue, green, but, like, it didn't make it cooler. It made it look like someone threw up on I was. Ex- <laughs> I was excited for her to go do that. Paintball party, because I remember we were saying she's going to bring all these vicious paintball skills she learned at summer camp mm-hmm. with her. 
I'm a, remember those pictures they sent where she was playing paintball. It's like, is she in Iraq? I, what does she look so intense right now? I like, uh, well, first of all, I don't want to play paintball because I don't want anyone shooting at me. Yeah. Because, you know, there's always that space between the helmet and your oh jacket. God, yes. <laughs> you could get shot in the neck. You are so paranoid. Okay. I'm just yes. saying people. All right, Achilles. <laughs> hey, that was good, honey. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> Benefits I, of a classical education. I like... <laughs> I like, I've gone target shooting before. I'm great, but you know what I'm really great at? What? Archery. Oh, really? I love it. What kind of bow? Oh, are we doing that? Are we going to be like, uh, I like the Nimbus no, 3000. I, I just, no, I, not, not a brand name. There's different kinds of bow. There's the basic like, you know, Ash, when there's the compound bow, there's a, you know. Oh like, my God. Are you an archer? How do you no, know this? No, I, I, I took archery at camp and they had to like, you had to become proficient on the shitty bow before they let you use the cool comp. Compound bow with, the, with those cool wheels on it. Oh yeah, I've done those. Little too. winch things. Yeah, I've done a handmade bow that a kid made with a piece of, <laughs> with a twig, and I literally got a target every time on the handmade bow. Damn. I've done like a real uh, wood bow type thing. I've done that thing with the wheelie thing that you just the said. The little pulleys on it. Yeah, because yeah. A, a friend of mine was doing a movie where he played an archer mm-hmm. or something like that. He used yeah. a bow. And yep. a, a professional archer came and taught him. Damn. And so taught me too, but I was already, he was like, she's a great shot. And I was hitting target. Like, I'm great. Wow. You were shooting a handmade bow and hitting target after target. Yes. And I learned from a professional bow guy, archer dude. <laughs> archer dude? Archer dude. Archer. An archer. What kind of, when you say target shooting, like, you mean like with a pistol or a rifle or? No. Uh. Oh, yeah. When I did the target shooting, mm-hmm. oh, I had a friend who had a target range in his house. Damn. In the basement of his house. He had two lane, a two-lane gun firing range built in the basement of his house. Was it like a Hogan's Alley where things would pop out or it was just the- It um, was just the thing and then the target can come closer or further away or whatever. Holy shit. And I was like, boom, 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 man, right in the middle. Do you remember what you were shooting? A gun. Okay. It wasn't a rifle. It was like a handgun. Right, right. I don't know what kind, but I told you I did that movie with AK-47s and oh, rifles yeah, yeah. and all those things with those little kids. Oh, it was I've like- shot so many machine guns in movies and TV shows now that I think about it. It's pretty crazy. Um, I've shot Mac-10s. I've shot Tommy guns with the old drum magazines, the AK-47s. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. Like, like, like the bug- old timey. Like Bugsy Malone with marshmallows coming out? Not marshmallows. But- 50 caliber bullets, but yeah. Oh my God, that's dangerous. Well, no, these were blanks, but obviously, but it's always dangerous, oh as God, we know. And let's not even yes, talk about it. So dangerous, but it is dangerous, and yeah. you, the actor is at the mercy of what they are given, and, yeah. and uh, you also are always supposed to huddle with the person who handles the, the gun wrangler, whatever they're called, and the first AD and the director. The four of you are supposed to be in a circle. They're supposed to show you the gun. And they're supposed to click it right there, like, for you to show you, but, like, away from you, obviously, not at you. Right. And then they hand you clearly an empty gun or a gun with a blank yeah. in it. Anyway. Every time I do gun stuff on movies, I pretend like I've never shot a gun before. And whenever I get the – because I've seen people get the the safety lecture, and they're like, I've done this before. I'm like, pretend like you haven't. And get the lecture Because again. we're going to be in the fucking scene together. How about you pretend like you haven't and actually listen to what this person is saying yeah. over and over again? Yeah. You've we- never had this lecture. Just exactly. always assume that. Right. God damn it. Sorry. Unlike unlike when you're on an airplane and they're like, here are the safety precautions. Your seat is... And then you're like, just tune her out because you've been on a plane so many times. And also in my head, I'm like, if the plane goes down, no one's going to fucking survive this. Why are we, who, who are we fooling? Right. Uh, Make sure to put your head slightly down. No. Unload the um, floaty yeah. slide thing and use it as a raft. You're in a 10-ton 10 10 ton tube falling out of space. You're not going to live. I mean, hopefully... The people, wings are full of fuel. They're going to explode. Hopefully that never happens. Try to enjoy it. But, you know, that dude did land it on the Hudson, Mr. Man. Oh, and Sully. Sully Sullenberger. Yep. And uh, people survived. One of my saddest uh, gun stories... Because I belong, again, I belong to a range in Burbank. I go shoot sometimes. Just kidding. I want to go. I think it's fun, but I'd rather go archery shooting. Okay. Bow shooting. All right. Um, a friend had a Wildy 450, which is like, imagine a 44 Magnum, but even more powerful. Okay, I don't know what a 44 Magnum looks like, but okay. Huge gun. And the Wildy 450 is even bigger. And what I didn't, I was like, oh, I just, I wanted to shoot it just to say, oh, I've shot the most powerful handgun at the time. Mm-hmm. It, since then, there's even more crazy powerful 
useless handguns. That They're no so one big. in their right mind needs, needs except the military. And There's also, literally well, you, no reason. But all, even the military, some of these specialty handguns, you see footage of people firing them, and, and it flies backwards. out of their hand, breaks their wrist. You're like, oh, God. It's like, why did you need to shoot that dummy? A police 38 will stop anything. You're good. You don't need to go up from that. But anyway, the the the, the great thing about the Wilde 450, and I'll just tell you this right before we go take a break, it was designed so badly where it's an automatic magnum. So when you shoot it, it ejects the cartridge oh, oh. out the side. But... The Wildy was designed so that it ejected the cartridge right into your forehead. <laughs> so it was a nice, hot piece of metal hitting your forehead with every shot. And I, all I was thinking is if someone was shooting at me with this thing, they would maybe get one good shot and then just immediately get for like, God damn it, this thing is just like it was the most useless gun I've ever shot. And it was so funny. Do you, I'm going to just test you before we go to break. Do you know how we got to this conversation about guns? When did, how, how did this conversation start? Quick. Basketball. Oh, man, you're good. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back, Meredith. Patton. I sent you a tweet. You commented no, on you it. you sent me a text about a tweet. You Whoa. didn't send me a tweet. Whoa. You didn't tweet at me. Why don't you look into the microphone? I can't look at you right now. And say, why you got to be so aggressive? This marriage is on such shaky ground. Why can't you just look and be like, why you got to be so aggressive, babe? Why you got to jump in my grill? <laughs> um, because, man, I sent you a I'm, text. I'm feeling a little aggressive. I sent you a tweet through a text. The reason you're feeling aggressive is because I'm coughing too much and, it's, and you're on your last nerve. I, you have put me on my last nerve. Yeah. That is true for the last it's like a week. Stanley Milgram experiment you're going through. You often cough, and it, and and I've told you dozens of times. Please, mm -hmm. for the last four years, go get that fixed. And I'm like, you're breaking my eardrums, man. And then mm -hmm. Alice looks at me and she goes, "Imagine being me since the day I was born." And I'm like, "Have you been doing this since the? Something's clearly wrong." If there's a doctor listening, all he does is cough all day long. Please help us. Anyway. Um. So, what was I saying? Hi. Oh, I sent you a text about a tweet. Yeah, what tweet? Well, it's a clip from the movie Race to Witch Mountain, uh, where you have a very cool uh, Disney Easter egg cameo as a uh, local news reporter named Natalie Gann. Correct. Who is reporting on the uh, uh, on the chase that's going on in the movie. Or a I, spaceship or something. Some spaceship know. something. The Rock is driving around with aliens. Dwayne so. The Rock Johnson is the star. And then, so you do this cameo, and it's, for, so for the Disney nerds, like, ah, oh, it's Natalie. So, um, the th someone commented on this, and you laughed about it, but I've been watching this clip. At the <laughs> end, <laughs> yes, when I you say, this is Natalie Gann reporting, it looks like you roll away. On a Segway. On a weird segue. How did. It was the camera moving, baby. But it doesn't look like the camera's moving. Well, the I certainly wasn't on roller skates, nor was I on a Segway. The background looks like it stays still, <laughs> and you look like you roll forward. It is true. If you guys want to go it on Twitter and try and find clip. it. But somebody else commented on it and said something about like a triple head nod or something like that. I'm like, this is, uh, um, oh gosh. Anyway, I'm giving information. I'm like. Authorities say, and then I kind of tilt my head to the left. And I'm like, uh. da -da -da. <laughs> and then I do one more, and I guess somebody's like, I've never seen the triple head move on that one. It's usually just the double. So oh, wow. So you got three little nods. I in. got a three arch. I got like, look, I kind of like look to the camera. Something's happening. Tilt it again. One mm -hmm. more time, sister. And my head just goes like 15 degrees, 30 degrees, 45 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, this is Natalie Gann reporting. I've got three little ideas to give you guys. Yep. And each one will be signified by a head nod. Correct. But I think um, newscasters do do that little nod, but no yes. one's done a three. Mm. I, Salinger took it to the Salinger three. Take that, Severide. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's weird how as, as much as it's hard for me now being in, in, in the movies as long as I have, I have so much more leeway and sympathy for what – comes off as a bad performance, you can be at the mercy of an editor or a director who has a really messed up vision and uses takes that they should not have used of yours. Um, you do not know what is going in. So you try to do your best, but there are times when they use takes that you're like, that was not my, why did you do that one? That's not my best take. 
Hmm. But it's like do that? It's like when you look at a picture of me and you're like, oh, you look beautiful. I'm like, I look hideous in that picture. Like, <laughs> Or you'll choose a picture to post of me that you think is like the best picture of me and it's right. truly disgusting. And I'm like, you have to ask me first because – Oh. Yeah, you've – I mean, I love that you love me so much because honestly, the pictures you pick of me, right. I'm like, yeesh. And I've got to – I have to be a warmer editor then. I have to consult with my star and say, is this okay – I mean, I don't know if like super professional editors actually consult with their stars, but no. as a married couple, I would suggest you do. Very few, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that brings me to something I want to talk about. Oh God. Well, no, it's not that big of a deal. I just, um, I need my glafas. I wanted to tell a quick Pat Oswalt's rabbit hole story about movies and tension. Okay, we'll do that later. Let's do this. We were fighting about something, and, you, and you were being short with me. Yes, I was. And so I texted you, don't be short with me. Yeah. And you said, it's hard to be polite when you're nauseous and you're in pain. <laughs> and I said, but you love me and, you, res- and my, you're, you love me, you respect me, you admire me, so don't be short with me. And you're like, yeah, but my nausea made me forget that for a second. And I wrote, I wrote this is what I texted you back. Okay. Tell me how much it scared you. Mm-hmm. I wrote, you forget how to treat me. I will remember how you treated me. Yeah, what kind of fucking... <laughs> Wrath of Khan shit is that. Meanwhile, it was so insane that I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to my friends and they're like, Jesus Christ. That is some Hannibal Lecter shit. Yeah. Did did that scare you at all? It was a little sinister. I'm like, I've either pushed her to the point of exhaustion. This we'll talk about this next segment, but this week has really tested our 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 No baby. Well, I mean, it's just been it's been rough. Listen, you've not been well and I've been trying to be a good nurse. But you pushed me to my limit, and instead yeah. of being like Mary Poppins' nurse, I turned into Nurse Ratchet you, for a second. You turned into Hannibal Lecter. A little bit. Yeah. Like, you will see my face before you die. <laughs> Wait, what? Leave it at that. I have to say, there have been, there have been like three major stories. There's the story that you tell in your um, comedy show mm-hmm. about me leaving you a sinister note oh, on your Christ. car that you yep. thought you were going to be assassinated. Yeah. And then you tell the story about me with the pink bat. With uh, Well, that a, hasn't come a, out yet. Well, no, but you've mentioned it before right. on Twitter, yeah. telling the story about how I almost beat someone to death who came to our house with a pink bat. <laughs> yeah. And then now this. I think people are, are like, that girl seems so sweet. Wait, what's happening with her? Is she like a psychopath? What is happening? Do you think you've portrayed me as a little tougher than I actually am? No, I think I portrayed you as you are. You know what you're like? It's it, You're a version of Patrick Swayze's character in Roadhouse, which is be nice until you can't be nice anymore. And that's your philosophy. Like, be nice until it's... What, what is it? Be nice until it's time not to be nice? I forget what he says, but it's one of those, like, when I'm pushed, I will go here. What are you looking up? I was just looking for this um, post that Chelsea Handler wrote on her Instagram. She posted a picture of her and her new beau. I don't know how long they've been together, but she wrote, Do you know how hot it is to have a man be turned on by my honesty, strength, and confidence? Someone who loves the fact that I'm not going to take anyone's shit and isn't intimidated or emasculated by my fierceness? Um, And then she said, Joe has renewed my faith in men. For everyone who is still looking for their person, do not adjust who you are or make yourself smaller to find them. Be patient and never settle for anything less than you deserve. Your person is coming, and sometimes they've been standing in front of you the whole time which is so super sweet but it's also how I feel I feel like I've had a lot of boyfriends who've gotten married after they've dated me but they always end up with like someone who kind of looks like me but like the very docile version of me (laughs) like someone who's a little bit not that bright or super pretty but like just you know a pushover right but I'm I'm a I'm I'm a fierce straight strong girl, mm-hmm. like Chelsea Handler in a way, a little bit not as harsh perhaps. But okay, shut up, I'm talking now. So <laughs> I would agree with that. But uh, I no, didn't, go ahead. But you saw me in all my full glory of who I am and my opinions on things, and oh, yeah. uh, you didn't shy away from that because you are also a very strong man. But you are a sweet man. But you're not you're not fierce like me. No, I I am so like. Can we, is there any way we can just settle this? Yeah. Like I'll, I'll go to battle. You know, if I have to protect my people. If we're, if we're international spies, you are Roger Moore, James Bond, affable, insanely handsome, easygoing. If I'm really pushed, I'll shoot you in the face. Right. (laughs) I am Walter Matthau and Hopscotch. I'm just like, 
Is there any way, can't we just settle this without... Like, I love Walter Matthau. I love him. But that I movie love him. especially is so... It's such a great, gentle send-up of all the James Bond spy things where his he's about, I just outthink everyone. I'm not about shooting guns and, you know, bl- I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, I've outthought you. If you've shown up, if you've shown up against me, you, you lost by showing up because I have like eight traps laid for you. And I'm also not going to kill you. I love Walter Matthau. And I love Ed Asner. Oh, yeah. And um, look who I married. You kind of like a mix of them. You're like the little old man from Up. Oh, yeah. And wasn't that Tom Bosley? No, it no, it's was Ed Asner. I mean, Ed Asner. Oh, I, that's what I meant. Ed Asner and yeah. Tom Bosley and Walter Matthau. You well, kind yeah. of are like a nice mix of them. Yeah, my ideal is um, Walter Matthau in the movie Charlie Varick, where he is trying to out out uh, avoid the mob and this and um, but, rivals. But, but honestly, I could also throw people don't know this of you, but I'm. You could also be a touch of uh, Peter Falk and a little bit of oh. Harvey Keitel, and people don't know this about you because you only show them this affable <laughs> side, but you could be a sexy spy. Mm-hmm. You are Columbo. I want to be an affable spy. Eh, I, I say, uh, okay, but you could also be just, you know, tougher. Yeah. There's that great scene in Hopscotch where he confronts Sam Watterson at the end, and Sam Watterson has him at gunpoint, and then he somehow talks him out of it or or gets the better of him, but he's just handcuffing Sam. And then he looks down at the gun. He's like, were there bullets in that? And Sam goes, no, there weren't. He goes, good boy. Like, Aww. I taught you well. You don't need, like, it was just so cool. That little gentle, like, you just got to outthink everybody. But and, don't, don't you like what Chelsea Handler said? That was amazing. And it's, that is true. You know, she really hit on an actuality, not just in terms of love, but in terms of your career, that it is so much better to hold out for an area where you get to do exactly what you want to do without having to mold or change what it is you are in an uncomfortable way. Yes, maybe there's more money in it, but if you're making more money to to live on, just you're fine. I don't like, know what you're referring to because if you're an actor, you liked to mold and change. But I'm saying to mold and change. No, not not in terms of a character. I'm saying in terms of your personality to get the job, oh, to yeah, hang yeah. out, to do all that shit, to be with people that you don't belong with just because you want the you... prestige or the money. I remember, um, you know, Conan O'Brien saying, you can get a job where you're making a trillion dollars, but you hate what you're doing. You don't like who you're working with, and it's it it's eating away at your, at your essence. Or you can take a job that pays a tenth as much of that, which is still more than you need to live on, and you're happy doing exactly what you want to do all the time, and that's what you want to shoot for. Perfect. Um, yeah, my brother did that. My, yeah. my brother is an attorney, and yeah. he was offered um, to be partner at his law firm, and he and his wife are, like, amazing people, and uh, they don't want to have kids, and mm-hmm. they just want to have fun and travel and have a nice life, and yeah. he doesn't want to bust his ass, like, trying to get billable hours and, like, work <laughs> right. all day and never see his wife. So he um, he took a job as district attorney, which is a government job. Mm-hmm. And so his hours are like normal people right. hours, like nine to five or whatever people work. Um, so, but he's like, look, I don't, I won't make nearly as much, but I will have a much happier quality of life. And I will get to do more things that I like to do. Yeah. I want to work and then I want to have my own time. Exactly. Yeah. Stephen King said, I know I've said this before on the podcast. Your art should be a function of your life. Your life should not be a function of your art. And when that happens, it you're, you start to go crazy. Your art is something you go do. Right. And then you go live your life. Right. And I'm doing the same hand motions that nobody but can the- see. I'm doing like a little circle with my hands going, this little bit's art. And then I'm making a bigger circle with my hands. And I'm exactly. saying, and this is your life. And it's right. a part of your life. Right. But I he- suppose I could have made my hand into like a pie chart. <laughs> well, what he was saying is a lot of people... They make their life like this, and it's this tiny thing jammed into this giant art that I just serve, and I'm not really a person anymore. It's just the art. Oh, yeah. He, in his memoir on writing, he put it, he said, there's a great anecdote where when, and he, he the reason he can say something that wise, uh, it's the Ram Das thing of, how do you get rid of your ego? He's like, oh, well, you have to have an ego first. You have to have an ego. Everybody has an ego. And then you have to, but you, but if you deny your ego, then you can't get beyond it. You 
embrace. There's some. There's some not evil parts of yourself, but yeah, you want to be loved. You want to be appreciated. Everybody and understood. is a full person. Everyone yeah. is a full person. But he did that thing where suddenly every single thing he wrote, massive bestseller, turned into a movie, billions and like you could not believe the money rolling in and? after years of not. And he, I am Stephen King. He said he felt that way. He built this huge ornate desk, this massive office where he would go up and just write all day because I'm Stephen King and I'm writing these. And then it really led him down some bad paths. Or did the drugs. Because he got- Both. But, but the drugs were there to prop up the bigger thing, which is the I am. And then he came out the other side of it, which is I have a nice little desk, got my laptop. I mean, you can still enjoy your nice big I, desk. I sit there, but the rest of the room- I put a pool table in there and a TV, and I write for a couple hours a day. Then my kids come up, we eat pizza, we watch a movie. Speaking of playing pool, on Thanksgiving, a friend of mine, well, I left one friend's house and went to another friend's house, um, and they were playing pool, and I played pool with my little friend, Suede, who's eight years old. And um, gosh, I like pool. And also, dude, I think there's something with me and AIM because I'm really good at pool. I'm really good at archery and I'm really good at pool. Well, that night we went walk around in Chicago. Remember we wandered into that pool hall and you were just Oh yeah, we went into a ran random the board. a random pool hall. There's there's really good pool I'm a halls hustle, around baby. here. We can I go just play. Want you I know. know. Have you been to the um the the secret um bowling alley and pool room uh in the hidden floor of the Roosevelt Hotel? Yes. Yeah. They also have games upstairs. They made like a little game room mm-hmm. and they have like dominoes and they have um, Connect Four, but they're made out of this really beautiful wood. Ooh, It's nice. really cool. Time for my picks. Well, time for my pick. Don't play the theme song because I've only got one. Uh, well, you have many, but we're going to do one because we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. And then uh, we'll come back next week with a whole bunch of them. Um, sometimes I will recommend a new comic book based on just reading the first issue because I've read enough Comics in my life that I'm confident when I know I've found a winner or something really, really interesting. And oh boy, there's a new uh, comic out. It is a Comixology original. Comixology is a website where you can download your comics digitally. And now they're doing their own comics, getting top writers and artists to do stuff. And there's a new series came out a couple weeks ago. Issue one just dropped. We only kill each other. And this is so fucking amazing. It's by Stephanie Phillips and Peter Krauss. And it takes place in New York in 1938. Ooh. And there are two rival- I love, I love period dramas, especially yeah. from the Depression. Okay, well, go on. you're really going to love this then. The two characters are Jonas Kaminsky, an up-and-coming Jewish mobster, very violent- <gasps> Oh my God, I have something the, to tell you. Hang on. Okay. Jonas Kaminsky, very, very violent, and even says, I'm not a good guy. And you see him, imagine- Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of can't control himself. Violent. And his rival is a more uh, established Jewish mobster named Levi Solomon. Very old school, very, very proper, uh, but also, as you realize, too late for one of his victims, very violent and sadistic. Um, and they are they are fighting over who controls you know, the, the, their that, territories. That's what this graphic novel's about? That's what the first issue starts with. Two Jewish mobsters, an up-and-coming young guy, and an old lion, and they're fighting over <laughs> their thing. But what also happens in 1938 New York, and this is what actually was happening, America was headed towards World War II, and there was a lot, a lot of pro-Nazi activity all over New York City. Pro-Nazi? There was an American Bund. There was a whole- well, I'm sorry, I'm an, an American what? Bund. What is a Bund? They were like, um, they were pro-Nazi, German-American- B-U-N-D? B-U-N-D. Really? And they, uh, up until the last minute, there was a lot of, um, we talked about this before. Like Ameri- the people who wanted Charles Lindbergh to be president? Yeah, they, they had no problem with, a, a, a big chunk of America had no problem with the Nazis. No problem with them. Had they murdered the Jews yet? They were, I mean, reports of scattered violence, the, the oh. systematic. So like a Proud Boy situation. Had, exactly. Yeah, and everyone's, that doesn't and, escalate. And you can literally, there are New York Times articles from that period saying Hitler's Jewish, anti-Jewish rhetoric, it's just a way to get attention. Well, he, he becomes chancellor. He's not going to follow up on this. There's just a way to get attention. He's just, 
again, he's just uh, doing it for the LOLs. Calm down. Don't you guys have a sense of humor? Uh-huh. I swear to God. No, I... And so... It's very Trumpian. It's very like, yeah, it's the Proud absolutely. Boys are very good people, and they're small little groups of thing, and then it escalates. But what's if, happening is what? it, it, they're clearly saying up that, that Jonas Kaminsky and Levi Solomon are not happy with this Nazi upsurge, and they are going to end up... It, it, they're, they're not friends they're yet. They're going to kill Nazis. Well, they're going to have to pool their resources because in, in the end, they're like... I hate this guy. I'm trying to take over his territory. However, if I don't take care of the bigger problem of the Nazis, we're not going to have any territory. So we're going to combine and we're going to wipe these motherfuckers out. I have two things to say. Okay. One, that sounds like a great graphic novel and I would very much like to read it. Beautiful art. Two, my stepmom is really big on genealogy and she's Mm -hmm. mapped out the whole Salinger side. Wow. There is a Jewish mobster named Little Itch. (laughs) <laughs> who is a Salinger or, or way back related to me. No shit. Yeah. Like, but, but from originally from Russia or the or middle Europe or was he born in America? I think. Don't you have like Russian yeah, roots? Yeah, I'm Russian, Russian, Ukraine. Russian, Ukraine. Polish, yeah. 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 And there were a lot of like. Thus the high cheekbones. Yes. But also when a lot of those immigrants came over, just like we vilify immigrants now, back then people hated the Irish, people hated the Italians. And anyway, he and was they a, had to turn to crime. Yeah, and he, my one of my relatives, is a, a Jewish mobster named Little Itch. Damn, when did he operate? Um, I didn't pay that much attention. Oh, get the info on it. I have it. It's all written down. I had she for my birthday gave me a whole um, notebook with all of my family history, all the stories, not just like so and so was born at this time in this wow. place, but like. The story of coming to America. It's incredible. Like I have my, you know that show with that guy who interviews celebrities oh, yeah, like, and it's who like, am I or yeah, something that like that show. Yeah. Basically she did that for me. Oh, that's cool. I mean, she didn't do it for me. She did it. And I want to, I want to read more it. about little itch. I know. I want to do a movie about Did he come over on a boat with a big cap and then did he eventually go West? <sighs> are you trying to make a Natty Gan reference? What are you doing? No, a little Fievel reference. Oh my God. No? First of all, I love Fievel, so yeah, cute. <laughs> I was going to get mad at you for that one, but it was adorable. So now you get good points. There you go. Um, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being such great, loyal listeners. We love it, and we love to hear from you. And if any of you want to write to us at heydidyougetmytext at gmail.com and say, gosh, Patton, I can hear you breathing. I think yeah. you need to speak to your pulmonary specialist. Well, I did. Listen, I spoke to my pulmonary specialist. No he one needs get- to hear about it. In any event, um, thanks for listening. Let me tell you about all of my uh, aches and problems. We hope you come back next week for another episode of Did You Get My Text? Did you? Bye. Bye. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Mm-hmm. Starbucks Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.